and welcome back to another episode. Today I will be reading Neville Goddard's lecture titled Imagination Creates Reality. This is a very long lecture and it will be uh, recorded in three parts. So again, this is Imagination Creates Reality. Neville tells his audience, your own wonderful human imagination is the actual creative power of God within you. It is your Savior. If you were thirsty, water would be your Savior. If you needed a job, employment would be your Savior. Your imagination is the power to save you from whatever circumstances you now find yourself. You can experience your heart's desire through the use of your imagination. Nothing is impossible to your imagination. Your imagination is unlimited in what it can accomplish. If you can imagine something, you can achieve it. Let me give you an example. If you, had, if you were unable to walk and were confined to a wheelchair, you could close your eyes and imagine yourself running on the beach or wading in the water. If you would imagine yourself doing this until it took on the tones of reality, you could accomplish a healing that would allow you to actually walk or run. The way to use your imagination creatively is this. Relax in a chair or on a bed and close your eyes. First determine what it is you wish to experience. Then in this state of complete relaxation, bring to mind the end result of what it is you desire. In other words, if you were seeking a promotion at work, the end result might be that people would congratulate you on your promotion. You might move to a larger office. You would enjoy an increase in pay. Take any one of these events and, with your eyes closed, actually hear your friends congratulate you on your promotion. Feel their hand in yours as they tell you how happy they are for you. By actually feeling that you are being congratulated, your imagination will go to work to bring about that state in your outer world. You need not be concerned about how this will be accomplished. Your imagination will use whatever natural means are necessary to bring it about. I am the beginning and the end. My ways are past finding out. What you do in imagination is an instantaneous creative act. However, in this three-dimensional world, Events appear in the time sequence. Therefore, it may take a short interval of time to realize in the outer world what you have just experienced in imagination. After you have performed this act in your imagination, open your eyes and go about your normal, natural affairs, confident, your or confident that what you have done must come to fruition in your world. Make your inner conversations conform to your imaginal act. You have planted a seed, and you will soon see the harvest of that which you have sowed. When you go into your imagination, make sure that you are actually performing the action, hearing the words, touching the object, or smelling the aroma in your self-conceived drama. What you do in your imagination is not merely a daydreaming, which you see events in your mind's eye, you must enter the dream as if you were actually there. You must make then, now, and make there, here. To make this perfectly clear, 
imagine that you would experience driving a new car after you have achieved your goal. In that case, you would not merely see a new car in your mind's eye. You must actually enter the dream. Feel yourself seated behind the steering wheel. Smell the newness of the interior. Feel yourself enjoying a comfortable ride. Feel the happiness that would be yours after accomplishing your dream. That which you experience in imagination is an actual creative act. It is a fact in the fourth dimension of space and will make its appearance in this three-dimensional world just as surely as planting a seed will result in the growth of a particular plant. Once you have planted the seed in your imagination, do not uproot it by being anxious about how it will be accomplished. Each seed has its own appointed time. Some seeds take a few days, others a little longer. Feel confident that what you have planted will appear in your world. Your imagination will draw all that it needs to make your dream an actual reality. If it takes others to play a part in order to accomplish your end, your imagination will draw that person into your drama to play his or her part in the sequence of events. Your only responsibility is to remain faithful to your imaginal act until you experience it in your outer world. You can repeat your imaginal act each night before falling asleep. In fact, you may wish to enact this drama over and over again until it feels normal and natural to you as you drop off to sleep. Your imagination will work out the means to realize your dream while your conscious mind sleeps. Bring your five senses into play as you perform your imaginal act. Actually, hear a friend's voice congratulating you or feel yourself hugging that person. If you wanted a new piano, run your hand over the smooth wood, touch the keys, and listen to the sound. If you wanted to receive a dozen roses, actually smell the fragrance and touch the velvety petals. Finally, you must be persistent in attaining your desire. Continue to imagine what you want until you have actually obtained it. You do nothing else to obtain your desire. If it is necessary to take some action, you will be led to do so in a normal, natural manner. You do not have to do anything to help bring it about. Remember that it is God himself who is doing the work and he knows exactly how to accomplish it. If you think of your desire during the day, give thanks that it is already an accomplished fact because it is. Dream better than the best you know. One cause. Nothing is impossible. There are two ways to interpret this statement, both of which are correct. The obvious meaning is that it is possible to achieve anything you want. It can also be interpreted to mean that it is impossible for nothing to exist. Everything we are aware of or perceive in some way is something. It is inconceivable that something can come from nothing or that something can become nothing. It is a fact that nature abhors a vacuum and always rushes in to fill it with something. Some force or power created all that is. According to the Bible, creation is finished. Not only is creation finished, but God said it was good. Have you ever considered what God could have used to create all there is? If creation is finished, how is it possible to pray to God to create something in your life? 
that did not exist yesterday or today. Is it difficult to believe that God said his creation was good? If all of creation is good, why do people experience problems? And how can wars, crimes, starvation, and other undesirable conditions exist? The answers to these questions are contained within the following pages. Your understanding of these answers will enable you to see that it is impossible for nothing to exist. You will also see that you can obtain anything you desire because nothing is impossible to the creative power that resides within you. You can be and you can have all that you desire to be and to have. There is no limit to what you can accomplish for yourself and others. It doesn't matter what your present circumstances are. The principle you have unconsciously used to bring about the undesirable conditions in your life can be consciously applied to make your every dream come true. Creation is finished, and it is good. God created the earth and all that is in it, and God said it was good. Man has puzzled over these statements for centuries. If man really understood the meanings, he would not be confused, nor would he feel anxious about his past, present, or future. The understanding of these two statements will enable man to realize that he alone controls his actions and the circumstances of his life. Let us take the first statement. God created the earth and all that is in it. God is infinite. Therefore, God must have been before any form came into being. What substance could he have used to create or, or to create? Let me say that again. <laughs> Sorry about that. What substance could he have used to create all that exists? Okay, so there can be only one answer. God created everything that exists from the only substance available, himself. God, thought consciousness, spoke the word and brought everything into being out of himself. Everything you perceive is made of the one substance, God. The one substance Back of everything is energy, and that energy is God, or the Word. Although scientists and medical men can analyze the various chemicals of which the body is made, none can combine these chemicals to form a living person. Since God created all that is out, all that is out of himself, it follows that God is the creator and the creation. God is expressing life through each and every one of us. It could not be otherwise. Let us take the second statement. God said that his creation was good. That statement has confused man, who believes that God is good. Another power must have created that which is not good. Yet man also acknowledges that God is infinite, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omnis omniscient. These qualities of God must include all forms, all events, and all situations. If it were possible to remove all that is discordant or inharmonious from the world, it would not be possible to experience the reverse of that condition. Perhaps this statement can be understood more easily if you will think of the principle of mathematics. In adding the sum of 5 and 6, it is possible to obtain the incorrect answer of 12. To eliminate that possibility, the number 12 would need to be removed from the whole of numbers. It would, therefore, be impossible to add 6 and 6 and reach the correct answer of 12. You can see that by eliminating, eliminating the possibility of a potential wrong answer, 
all numbers would eventually be eliminated, and mathematics would not be possible. However, just as mathematics exists and can be used by anyone who has gained an understanding of how to use the principle to obtain correct answers, so the principle of creation can be understood to obtain desired results. Because God has given us all free will. You can choose the state you wish to occupy. God does not predetermine your fate, nor does God punish you for your mistakes or misdeeds. Because a man may not understand the law of, math of mathematics. He may be adversely affected when he makes a mistake in subtracting an amount in his check register. The law of mathematics is not punishing him. The law simply is and can be used correctly or incorrectly. God has allowed you to complete freedom to choose that which you will encounter. When you come to the realization that you are God in form and expression, you will seek to experience greater good and nobler purposes for yourself and others. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word is thought or imagination. God imagined the world into being and became that which he conceived. This is the principle of which all creation rests. Since God became man to give man life, man must contain that same creative principle within himself. The kingdom of heaven is within you. We have created our personal world through thought. If you are experiencing lack, limitation, illness, disharmony, or any other unwanted condition, you have either consciously or unconsciously brought these conditions into your experience. The majority of people do not realize that thought, belief, and imagination has created their individual worlds. There is no other cause for the conditions of your life. You may choose to disbelieve this, but whether you believe it or not, all that you behold in the outer world was conceived within your own consciousness prior to your experience. That which you think about with feeling, that which you believe to be true, and that which you imagine yourself to be or to have is the cause of everything in your personal world. You may believe that there is some other cause. You may blame others for your problems. You may believe that the events were wrought by fate or chance. But if you are objective and observe your own beliefs, and thought patterns, you will see that your world accurately reflects all that you believe to be true of yourself and others. There's no one and nothing to change but the ideas from which you think. We think from ideas that we consent to as true and we imagine situations that match our beliefs. Consciousness is the only reality. It is the creative principle that brings into your experience the exact duplicate or reflection of that which you imagine to be true. The world in which we live mirrors all that we believe and imagine to be true, be it good, bad, or indifferent. The sooner that man rids himself of the belief in a second cause, the sooner will he realize that nothing happens to him except that which originates in his own consciousness. I do not deny that man believes that if he contracts a certain germ or virus, that he will manifest a particular illness or disease. If he contemplates the cause, he may conclude that it is because he came in contact with someone else who had the bug. 
He doesn't realize that in some way his own feelings about health or illness attracted the illness he is experiencing. If viruses or germs were truly the cause of disease, everyone who came in contact with a particular virus would be affected. The outer world merely reflects that which a man is in his own consciousness. It doesn't matter what you have been taught. You can change your beliefs and so change the circumstances of your life. The Bible states that when you pray, believe that you have received and you shall have it. Most of us have read that statement or heard it at some time. Few people have actually prayed in that manner. Have you ever been ill and prayed for health? If you needed money, did you believe when you prayed that you already had the sum you asked for? Most people pray to God to change something in their lives or to give them something they do not have. If the prayers were not answered, they think that God had a reason for withholding that particular thing. They think that perhaps God didn't grant the request because he didn't want them to obtain their desire for some reason known only to God. Man sometimes thinks that God doesn't answer prayers because man is undeserving of that which he seeks. Man must learn to believe in that which he does not, at the moment, see, in order to grant himself that which he desires to have. Man's prayers are always answered, for he always receives that which he believes. The law that governs prayer is impersonal. Belief is a condition necessary to realize the desire. No amount of pleas or ritual will bring about the fulfillment of your desires, other than the belief that you are or have that which you want. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The full meaning of that statement must be understood. If the meaning were understood, man would have no problem in accomplishing his aims. Most men believe that nothing is impossible to God that God could do anything if he chose to do it. So man believes he has faith in God, that God could do anything, or so man believes he has faith in God and prays to God for that which he wants. If his prayers is not granted, he thinks that he either did not pray long enough or hard enough, or that God chose to withhold his request. However, faith is the actual substance of that which is hoped for. It is the evidence of the thing you want, which you do not see in the outer world, that what you want to do or be has already been created. Therefore, it actually does exist. It is possible to bring into your world anything in creation by your belief that you already have it. Faith that what you want is already a fact is the means by which you activate the invisible state. That state then is later reflected in your outer world. Creation is finished. God can create nothing that is not already existent. Faith or belief that you already are or have that which you desire is the only means by which to experience your desires. No limitation is imposed on that which you can have except your failure to assume possession of the quality or thing desired. How the Law Works The law of identical harvest or cause and effect is impersonal and can be used to bring into your experience anything you can conceive. Since creation is finished, every possible state already exists. Your fusion with a particular state, imagining with feeling what you would experience for you in that state, causes that state to be projected 
on the screen of space. This law cannot be changed or broken and always reproduces in your outer world the exact duplicate of any belief you consent to as true. If you would change your world, you must change your beliefs. Since consciousness is the only cause, you cannot blame others for the conditions which presently or presently exist, nor can fate or chance be the cause of that which you are now experiencing. Nothing can alter the course of events in your life, except a change in your own consciousness. Whatever is appearing in your world now, although it appears real and an unalterable fact, is a reflection of previous activity in your own consciousness. Therefore, a change in consciousness will reflect that change in the future, just as surely as past beliefs reflect the present. Man is pure formless consciousness, and that which he conceives himself to be is an illusion or reflection of the particular ideas he holds true. These illusions exist only so long as man focuses his attention upon them and gives them life. The conscious mind forms beliefs and opinions from the evidence of the senses or the perceived outer world. The creative power within each of us accepts as true that which the conscious mind impresses upon it. Your creative power takes those ideas which are thought of with feeling and projects them in your outer world. It is important to remember that not all thoughts are creative. Only those which are believed to be true or which are joined with feeling create the circumstances and events that you will encounter. Therefore, emotions such as anger, fear, love, or joy are creative. You must guard the emotions which you allow to enter your consciousness, just as you would discriminate in allowing a stranger into your home. You cannot allow negative emotions to fill your mind without suffering the consequences into your world. You can take every outward precaution to guard against loss, but if you fear loss, you will most certainly experience it in your affairs. Feelings of love and joy create happy events and loving relationships. Feeling abundant brings riches into your life. A person who is unloving or suspicious and feels that others take advantage of him, draws to himself that which he believes. No matter what he does externally, his relationships with others will reflect that which he accepts as true. He may want a loving relationship, but he can draw to himself only that which is con he is conscious of being. Like literally does attract light, as within, so without. Consciousness is reality, and that which is perceived by our senses and appears so real is but the shadow of that which we believe ourselves to be, or believe ourselves and the world to believe. Conscious use of the law. All this time I'm going to talk about who I am and what I am doing. If that sounds ego-centered, it is. There have been 66 books written about who I am. I'm going to quote some statements from a few of those books. You have heard many of, those, of these quoted but didn't realize that they were talking about the being that I am. The first quote is taken from the book of Exodus. Here Moses is talking to God and he said, When I go back to the people, who shall I say sent me? The voice answers, Tell them I am has sent me unto you. That is my name forever, and the name I shall be known by throughout all generations. The Ten Commandments state, Thou shalt not use the name of the Lord God in vain. Shall not is a command. Shalt 
shalt not means you must not. It means that under no circumstances must you do it. The name is I am. Okay, so that is the end of part one, Neville Goddard's lecture, Imagination Creates Reality. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you guys in the next episode for part two.